I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown. The podcast. Here for you on Patreon. Just for you. Brought to you by... Brought to you by who? Nobody. By who? Who or whom? I'm actually not quite sure. That one I was never good at. (laughs) To be honest. I never liked that one. No. Whomever came up with that, I don't know, has issues. (laughs) How you doing, Dougie? How am I doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. I'm doing just fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting to me that LA weather has been very sporadic, very hard to predict. Like we have 90 degrees one day, then 60 degrees the next day, super sunny, then super cloudy. We even had rain last night, like a little bit of rain. We speak for yourself. I had no rain over here. Well, we had rain over here by them, their mountains. Really? It's very weird weather. No, it has been. Yeah. I don't know. So kind of up and down, such is life, I guess. Yeah. I mean, my moods correlate directly with the weather. So I get that. When it was Hmm. three days or two days of brutal hotness, that was crazy. I was like- I know. You were so hot during that time. (laughs) I almost was like, oh shit, it's true. I don't actually- I think I've talked, uh, maybe I haven't talked about it on here before, but the new house I moved into has a pool, but I haven't heated the pool yet because I'm really nervous about how much it costs to heat a pool. Like, I literally don't know if it gets $100 a month or a thousand. And I am not quite sure how to find out because I've asked people, I've Googled it, everything's different. So really, yes, it's crazy. So I've, and, and then it'll say, well, it's like a dollar 20 per cubic, whatever. And I'm like, okay, I don't, how am I supposed to measure my pool, dude? Like it doesn't have a thing that says how deep it is anywhere. Do you have a pool guy that cleans the pool and tends to it? Yeah, but I'm usually in session when he comes. Look, okay. I'm sure I could it's find out. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Point is anyway, I bought a, like a temperature <laughs> thermometer thing for it when I first moved in. And the other day when it was like 98 out or whatever, I looked at the pool and it was like in the seventies. I was like, holy shit, it really does heat up from the sun. <laughs> like that's actually a true wow. statement. Wow. Maybe, maybe like solar energy, solar power. Maybe I that's know. a real thing. I know I was tripping yeah. out. I really, I knew that it would, but I didn't think it would make that much of a difference. Cause it was like 20 degrees colder, like a couple months ago. Anyway, wow. TBD, I'll let you guys know how much yeah. it is to heat a pool once it's freezing again <laughs> in my pool because I didn't heat Please it. Please do. Please yeah. let us know. I'm sure. Let us know when you go in. Yes. I wonder if you went into your pool when it was cold with a wetsuit, would it even feel cold? Isn't the whole idea of a wetsuit like you wouldn't feel it? You've never worn a wetsuit before? I don't remember. I oh. Mean, I don't surf. Oh, yeah. Wetsuits. The last time I wore a wetsuit was probably in high school. Do you remember what happened then? I peed in it and I felt warm. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) I don't remember. (laughs) Yes. That was, uh, were you there when we went to Catalina and we did that trip? We went in sixth grade. No, you were gone. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, man. Doug, tell everyone. Whatever. We have our high school reunion coming up. I don't know why I said tell everyone and then I said it. (laughs) Yes, everyone. We have our high school reunion coming up and what is it? Our 20th reunion? (laughs) (laughs) 32nd? 30th. Don't do the math. Don't do the math. Don't do the math. I think it's 30th. It's our 30th. Okay. Yep. 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 Yeah. That'll be, that'll be fun and exciting for some. Not everybody loved their high school experience though. 
Well, I didn't graduate high school. I didn't go there for high school, but I'm going to go with you, you graduated anyway. graduated high school? No, I didn't graduate from there. Uh, I haven't gone right. to any of my, where I graduated from high school reunions. It was all girls. Why would I go? Stupid. I don't know. I, I would go. Well, yeah. <laughs> but that's, there are, I've heard from several people in our high school class, just checking to see who's going, are you going? And a lot of them are reluctant because they didn't have a great high school experience. And you kind of go, wait, but you were so popular. Wait, but people looked up to you. I'm like, doesn't matter. Yeah. A lot of people's own internal experience of high school was not what it looked like on the outside, which is wild. Yeah. No, it's very true. I mean, we didn't have cheerleaders or football players or anything at my school. Did you guys have them? We sort of did for a little while. We had cheerleaders. I mean, we didn't have a football team because we didn't have a football field. Yeah. We did PE in like the park. Well, I remember that's right. In seventh and eighth grade, we had cheerleaders. We did? Uh-huh. Huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that'll be fun. That will be fun. I will keep you from just hiding in the corner and judging You know people. me so well. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be front and center judging people. I know the best part is that everyone, <laughs> nobody will recognize me. So I just don't have to say who I am. That's right. <laughs> if I don't want to. I'll just be like, oh. But we have, we have the kind of high school that was small. We had a small class. There were like 50 people in our graduating class. So it's not like you can just kind of go there incognito. Like if you show up, I don't know, we'll be lucky to have 25 people there. I think our class actually might have closer to 25 or 30 people. Really? But some classes, when you get this far out, have like maybe 10 or a dozen people show up. That's it. I'm hoping that we have like 25, 30, because I, I mean, there's a lot of people I'd like to see. And I've heard of a lot of people that are going, but you will not be able to be anonymous there. Like, I know. I'm just saying nobody will recognize me off the bat. That's true. That's true. Speaking of reunions, we are going to reune with you after we listen to a session of Drew. Good one. Good <laughs> one, Dougie. Uh, was it a good one or am I just stretching to get a No, it's both. I, I was stretching. Yeah. You're, you're too kind. You're too kind. All right. Let's stop being so upbeat because this, this, this is an emotional session. This yeah. This is a rough one. It was. It was. Yeah. And it, it starts off, I think, literally the first words he says are, this has been a hard week. So guys, pull up your chair or I don't know whatever. Where, where do you guys listen? Where do we listen anymore? Are we driving places? Are we cleaning the house? Are we washing dishes? It's a good question. On your Peloton? No, God, no. I need a lot more encouragement from some, someone yelling at me. You can do it. <laughs> we will be right back after these messages from me and Drew. <laughs> Yeah, this has been a hard week. Yeah. And a lot of it stemmed from waking up and wanting, getting back into the whole, I don't even, like, they're not night terrors because, like, I'm not right. waking up frantic, like, freaking out. Right. Which is scarier almost because I'm very calm in it. But it's the same shit of just putting, like, a gun to my head and, like, over and over and over again and, and dreaming that and, like, waking up and being, like, what the fuck and right. kind of going about my day in that way. And so my mom had texted me a couple of days ago and 
like since my whole health thing with the hospital, like they really haven't talked to me much. And right. uh, so I've been kind of waiting for it. And so she had texted me yesterday, two days, three days ago, and was basically, hey, you got bills, you got to do this, like go find a job. Just like out of nowhere. And I was like, okay, like for sure. And she was like, and you not texting me back for like, 12 hours or whatever like like I'm just being dismayed I think is the word she used and uh, I was like mom listen like I'm not I'm not pushing you out like I'm just struggling and then she was like yeah I get it you're just mad at me and I'm like no like no I'm not I'm just I'm just struggling like I'm struggling and I just kind of like let it be because there was no there was no resolve there was no understanding in that conversation mm. and so I just kind of like man that sucked and then uh, my dad had called me the next morning early. And so I knew that somehow it got twisted to something or other. And so I was talking to my dad and and he was basically like, don't ask mom for money anymore. I'm like, I haven't asked her for money at all. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And, and so I think I took the route of just kind of wanting to get the conversation over. So I just kind of agreed and was like, okay, like, I hear you loud and clear. Like, I, I, I think, and I actually said this, I was like, I never want to have a money conversation with you guys ever again. Like it's taking too much a toll on our relationship. Mm. And like, I, like, I'm not doing, like, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm just not doing it anymore. Yeah. Whatever that means, you know, like I'll be okay. The point of like the struggle and having my parents not there and having them not hear me and me knowing what I wanted to say in it, that sucked. That was sh- really shitty. And both of them both taking a position of like, I think this is something I've heard like a majority of my life. I love my dad and we have a great relationship. He's one of my best friends and like, he's that guy to me. But like, he said yesterday, yo, don't stress your mom out. She can't take it. And I was like, no, nah, fuck that. Like, what about me? Like, I can't take this shit anymore. Like, I, I can't do this. I'm waking up like this and going to sleep like that. And, and this is the first conversation we've had since I, quote unquote, had a heart attack. Like, come on, man. It just kind of added a lot of fuel to the fire. Yeah. And I'm not mad at him. And I'm not like, like, you guys are wrong. It's not like that. It's just like, fuck. Like, I feel very alone. Yeah. When your parents have been the source of not alone for so long and you start to separate from that, then it does feel very much like I'm out here on my own. I am alone. They're not here. My training wheels are off. Sounds like you actually, I think, protected yourself pretty well in terms of how I've, how I've known you to be. Could have been devastated by either what your mom was texting or what your dad said to you. Right. Oh, shit. I did something wrong. And God forbid, somewhere in the call from your dad, it was, and, you know, and she was blacked out again last night after talking to you. You would have taken it on as that was my fault. Oh, no, that, 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 no, that's exactly what it was. Right. Right. So, oh, no, and that's exactly what he said, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly what it was. Good. I I, I figured. And that's, (laughs) it's interesting because you have so much more strength of self i'd call it ego strength but ego has a negative connotation it's strength in yourself to know like wow that that sucks and there's a level of you realize that mom has her own movie and she's doing her own thing in it you're a supporting character cool but her saying uh you can't do this anymore you can't do that you can't like whoa wait a second you don't need to control my movie but you can dictate how much of a supporting part I play in yours, it's still hurtful. It still stings. 
you have that strength of self now to kind of go, oh, okay, wow, that's a bummer that she's feeling that way and that her movie looks that way to her. That's not mine. I'm good. We got to be careful that that protective mechanism doesn't become a wall. Then with dad, the phone call was similar. His movie is my wife just got fucked up and blacked out and she was talking to my son and stressed out. Oh shit, I've got to handle this. When he unfortunately kind of lashed out at you and made it your fault. That didn't devastate you either. Yeah. Still stings and still sucks. That was dad's movie. And he's putting all his shit from his movie onto me. Yo, I'm just a supporting part in yours, man. My movie's over here. I'm good. I'm good over here. I would love you guys to be a supporting character in my movie for this scene right here. But looks like you don't know your lines right now. I agree with the whole, this is their movie, you know, and, and, and being a supporting role in what that is. And I, and I like that because it makes sense to me. Right. I think where I struggle is that everybody's a lead role in their own movie and nobody's really in my movie. And so it's not that hmm. I want another lead role, but I don't think I have any support cast. And I have community and I have friends, but I think at the end of the day, I think I almost need to feel like find the friendship with myself first to like enjoy my movie to a certain degree. I just, uh, I feel like it's just repetition and I say it too much and, and I, and I haven't done it. And, and I think, um, I think it's really hard cause I don't, like, I don't, I still don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know where to start. What's going on right now? I don't know. Don't know. And I just feel um I just feel like everything's moving like a, a million miles a minute and I'm just stuck here. And I don't know where here is. <laughs> and uh I don't know. I guess the escape is just getting a lot more. Um, I want it more. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something I can, I can hear in you, see in you, feel in you. And more than anything, it's, it's scary. Yeah. I mean, you, you look like you're scared. You know, you know, when I say this, that it comes, comes from love, but you look like a scared little kid. Yeah, and you probably feel, feel like, like it. one. Yep, yep. And when we feel like a scared little kid, we we want our mommy. Well, mommy's not there. Cool. I want my dad, my guy. Nope, he wasn't there either. It's okay to have parents be safety net, not codependent, but just safety net. And right. this is a time when you you needed some net, and you got nothing. Right. And I'm sorry, because that's it does feel scary and and like you're alone. A function of that is you are becoming much more independent and self-sufficient. And in the long run, that's amazing. But right now, when you needed some some safety net, when you needed some support, when you when you wanted that and didn't get it, uh feels horrible. What you have done in the past is cater to them 
Oh, mom's having trouble. Yes, mom. Okay, what do you need? What? Yes, I'll do that. Absolutely, right now. I mean, you would have put on the cape and been there for them and given up your movie to become a main character in their movie. And you're not doing that. Yeah. When you did do that, that's how you felt taken care of, seen, heard, you know, but it didn't come from you. I think too right now, I feel that more than anything in the sense of, I think I've been really thinking about like what, what purpose my life has lately and, mm. and like where that's going and, and how that kind of fits into everything. And I think the reason I care so much to go help my mom and help my dad and want to be there for people is it, it really drives a lot of purpose in my life. Yeah. And I don't think I've, I haven't felt that in a while and not, not to the degree of like, Oh, I haven't been helping people. Cause I have, and I've been doing, I've been being me. It's not, I haven't changed in that way. I think what I'm understanding is I've never, I, I focus so much on, on that, that that's where I put purpose in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think I lack a lot of my own self-purpose and I have no idea what that means. Don't even know where to start with what's my purpose and where am I going? And what's the point? Right. I still think helping people is why I'm here and, and, and I'm trying to figure out what that looks like. I don't know. It, it's just, yeah, definitely the, the last two conversations with mom and dad, they'll suck. It should suck. But I think the, the thing that hurts even more right now is my own self that hurts. Mm. And not being able to get myself out of this one, that one hurts. It's like, it just sucks. What does that mean, get myself out of this one? Well, it's my feelings, right? And, mm-hmm. and I can, I'm the only one that can control that. And so I haven't been able to control my feelings to be able to get back on track. That's no fault of yours, though. Really, you shrug, but I'm telling you clinically, it's no fault of yours. I'm still shrugging. I'll say it this way. I've said it before. Sometimes depression, when it hits, when you're in what we call an episode, it's a flaw in your chemistry, not your character. You know, it's not just a question. Let me snap out of this. There's just a fog or a wave that comes over you that you don't have control over. That's actually what it is. The chemistry in your brain, the dopamine in your brain, the serotonin levels. You know, I can throw out all these clinical words that I don't even know what they all mean. (laughs) There is something there. And some of what you used to use to help you, you aren't using now, partly because it's a sign of your growth. I'm not just giving people whatever they need and doing everything for everyone else and sacrificing myself. No, you're not. But that's how you used to feel that. But at least you wouldn't be feeling as bad as you do right now. I've been feeling this for like a week now. Yeah. I think I even said to you, sometimes when when this comes, it can last a few days, a few weeks. Even I've got some clients that feel it for a few months. Some like that are actually diagnosed with depression feel it for longer than months, feel it every day for a long time. And it's almost their state of being. And some will will try medication and that will lift some of it. And for some, it passes. This is this period. I just know that you're experiencing depression right now. Yeah. And part of it is it's chemistry in your brain. We can sometimes alter that a little bit, but it also can be completely out of your control. Yeah. And I, and I think what that looks like to me is really scary too, hmm. especially walk like watching what my mom walked through, you know, with all of this very similar shit. 
and the way she responded to a lot of it and where she is now. Right. You know, it just doesn't give me a lot of hope. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of hard to find hope in these moments, but we, we look for it because we want to hold on to it as that's, you know, what can help us climb out of this, this, this ditch, this rut. Yeah. Right. And that would be great. And we could do that. We could look for that and climb a little bit and see how that is. Sometimes you have to watch out for if we're using that to climb and then our hold on that or what it's attached to goes away, then we plummet and we fall back down. Right. Right. Sometimes what we need is somebody just to climb down in the ditch with us and go like, yeah, I've been here. I know the way out. I got you. I'm right here. You don't have a whole lot of that, but it's people in places where you can have this kind of vulnerable connection and that can be very validating. Doesn't make it go away. makes us feel less alone, like you said. And I think for you, historically, it's been parents. It's been a girlfriend. And it hasn't necessarily been that vulnerable or intimate, but it's been enough right. to help you kind of keep moving forward. But I've always felt that me, and we've talked about it, me opening up wholeheartedly in, in this type of setting, I can do with a significant other in a relationship in that, in that way. Yeah. I think I've mad struggled with it with my, my friends. Everybody kind of knows what's going on and wants to be there. And I don't really want them there. And Tell me about that. Hard to explain. I think every time I leave the house, I want to come home. I feel like every time that happens, and it's been happening a lot lately, but I think the more and more it happens, the more and more I just don't want to go out, the more I don't want to see anybody, and the more I just don't want to have a relation. Yeah. I don't know if we'll know the answer to this, but I want to just dig at this a little bit. Why not? At least for right now, why not? I guess I just don't really see a point. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, there, there's something to that. Especially if I think of your love is when I push you away, but you still keep coming. Or right now you're like, no, don't keep coming. I don't know the point. It's not going to help. And that's, that's the being in the ditch feeling. And what you have around you are people going, hey, come hop out of the ditch and come over here. <laughs> if I could hop out of the ditch, I'd be fine. I can't. I'm in a ditch. So I'm going to turn off the phone, go on Do Not Disturb, and just stay in the fucking ditch. When you're in that depression ditch, that's all you can see is dirt all around you. And, yeah. and almost the only direction you can go is to dig yourself deeper in and kind of cozy up and burrow in even further. Yeah, I feel that. But I've realized that I've fronted like most of my life. Yes, you have. And now I'm just tired. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with fronting. We've talked about going on autopilot sometimes. And and in, in 12-step programs, they say, fake it to make it. Right. You keep doing that at some point. It's just routine, and that's what you do. But what we're acknowledging, you and I, is that uh, I'm just tired of that. For right now, yeah, I, I don't want to front. I don't want to put on anything. I don't even want to put on clothes and get out of bed. Part of that ditch is about somebody coming into the ditch with you so you don't have to 
be any different than as you are right now. The easiest thing from you that is actually the hardest thing, which is not making an effort to be anything other than how I am right now. And that's, yeah, I'm down. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm not really motivated. I'm having a hard time. I don't need you to fire me up and get me going. Again, historically, that's been parents for you, or that's been you doing stuff for other people. And part of why I think this one is stinging so hard is that you're not doing those things right now. They're not, they're not there for you, or they're not as compelling for you to do. Even smoking as much as you did was like, this is just my way to avoid this right now. As I'm hearing you say all this stuff, I'm kind of connecting to scenarios in my life. When I was in junior high, right? And that's right when I kind of first found out what was really going on with my mom. And like, that was my first, like, I guess, really traumatic thing that happened in my life. I mean, some shit happened growing up, but like nothing to like that, right? And I think that was the first point in my life I didn't know how to deal with it. And I, I did ask for help. Hmm. Putting myself back in those shoes, right? The the friends that I had weren't the best. And and the girl I was seeing in my 13-year-old self was nowhere equipped to be able to deal with that. Right. And kind of looking at that for what it was, I tried the route of, yeah, this is where I'm at and this is who I am and take me as I am right now. Right. And I got fucking shafted and I got thrown to the curb and that was that. And they didn't want it because it wasn't fun. And I get that. And right. so I, I think I implement that back into my life now to where it's like, I would rather stay home if I'm like, like this, right? Because I know what it's like to be out hanging out with somebody that's like me right now. And so I I struggle with the thought of being around people the way I am. Cause like I don't I don't even like being around me the way I am right now. And I have to be. You don't like being around yourself this way. That's true. And if somebody has said to you, man, I'm just not feeling it right now. I'm not feeling anything right now. I'm not feeling myself right now. I don't know if I need to just smoke a bowl, watch a movie, play a game, or stay in bed, but this is all I got. And I think I'm afraid to get it back. And in my perfect world, right, at least the way I understand it, I haven't either allowed myself to open up or I haven't experienced it the way I want it to be reciprocated in the sense of getting what I needed Hmm. in these positions, right? I think a lot of it honestly has to do with the push away, come here mentality that I have. And I think now for where I'm at just today is the only person I'm really getting what I need right now from is old girlfriend. And it scares the fuck out of me because of what has happened in our last year and what all that's looked like. And, and now looking at my parents and I'm my own safety net in a sense. Right. And, and I'm yeah. experiencing life for what I wanted to be and, and making my own decisions. And it's, it's okay so far. And I think the, the thing that I'm struggling with right now is like, I find a lot of happiness in what my relationship is with her. It's a space in my life to where I can feel completely myself and show up exactly like this mm-hmm. and express my feelings and, and wholeheartedly be who I am. Hmm. And I think that's great. I think it's actually phenomenal for me. I struggle with judgment of what that relationship is. I fear that history is going to repeat itself. I feel like to your analogy of climbing up and having that one thing, like this is my one thing. And if this falls down, like, man, I don't, I don't really know what else to do at that point. I don't, I don't want to have that on her. 
but I also right now want something to look forward to in somebody that's nice and fun and and, and brings me uh, a happiness in my day to day. It feels good for me, and it's it's just fucking scary. What's the the scary part being? Because if that falls through, then I really have nothing. No, no. I think I think the scary part is is that um, so I don't trust her. And she knows that. We talk about that very often, like very, very often. She's not your safety net. Neither is mom. You don't right. trust either one of them. Right. She's not Miss Right. Right. She might be, sounds like she is, Miss Right Now. Right. And maybe that's okay. Maybe that is what you need. Something to look forward to, someone to look forward to, someone that's nice, someone that I can be vulnerable enough to say, man, I'm just depressed right now. Right. I'm just stuck in this ditch. And she'll be there. Okay. I'm not back together with her, but I'm getting the support that I need. And right now it's in the form of her. Right. And this is an element that you need in a relationship. Okay. I got you. I'm in the ditch with you. And I think the idea of, yeah, she did do you dirty. You know, yeah. I mean, she just, yeah. she did. Yeah, 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 fuck that. Yeah, right. There's yeah. no way around that. She's not. She's not my girlfriend. She's somebody in my life that's supportive in a way that my parents can't be. So all that to be said, though, what if we take her out of the equation? Then what? Then what do I do? Then we look at all right. Maybe right now you do need that point of hope to throw that rope on, to have it grab hold so you can start lifting up a little bit. Okay. Where mm-hmm. can we find that? I've seen a lot of this. This mm-hmm. is depression. There, yeah. there are options. There are right. options such as seeing a psychiatrist and seeing if a medication might help so these periods don't last as long or hit as hard. Okay. Right. Yeah. And it might be, for some, they'll ramp up and do therapy a couple times a week. Okay. For others, they'll find like something they can do. Others will like fake it to make it. I reached out to my homeboy about a softball league, but they're like a bunch of dudes that get together on Saturdays. So, like, cool. What I'm saying with that is that is exactly what I need right now. Like, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. that makes me happy. It's mm-hmm. getting out. And I'm still not excited about it. And this is part of what depression is, is it's, it's going to take that away from you, that looking forward to excitement thing. Okay. And that's where that, that fake it to make it line makes sense. Mm-hmm. You don't have to feel good in order to play ball. You can feel shitty, depressed, down, and go play ball and see what that's like. Maybe when you're playing, you feel a little better. Maybe you don't. Right. But to feel better in order to go play, it's fucking impossible. <laughs> yeah. It's, impo- it's like, oh, in order to get out of the ditch and feel better, you need to get out of the ditch and then you can feel better. <laughs> like, what the fuck does that mean? It's just standing up straight for a second and you're still in it. Okay. Let's see what happens when you stand up straight. Maybe realize the ditch wasn't that high and your you're top half, your shoulder's up above the ditch. Maybe not. You're still, your feet are still in it. Okay. It's not going to be a magic thing. Like 
great. I played ball and oh my God, I felt so much better. And I'm still better. It might be, I felt better for like 10 minutes there and the rest was like really hard and I didn't like it. And then I came out like, okay. Part of what it is, is being honest about it and being compassionate with yourself about it and allowing this to just be what it is. Yeah. When you don't allow this, that's when it's too exhausting. The only thing more exhausting than being depressed is pretending you're not. Yeah, I can laugh and cry at the same time for that one. Only people that have, have felt this understand that. Absolutely. For other people, it's just like, well, come on, come on out. Let's go to the beach. Let's have a good day. There, you feel better now? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And you didn't fall into this ditch just like that. It didn't, it happened gradually. It happened over some time. Getting out, unfortunately, is going to be similar. Right. In time, that ditch will naturally kind of fill and, and rise a little bit. In time, you might be poking your head up a little more and be getting out a little more. And friends might keep you company. Real friends, that empathy piece. And I think that's exactly where I'm at. I would say part of maybe part of why you're feeling it in such a pronounced way is because you're actually doubling down instead of shutting down. And we're looking at it and dealing with it. So part of what we can do is feel as connected as we can. But another bitch of being in the ditch. I don't feel connected. I don't want to connect. Leave me alone. Okay. We're connecting right now and talking about it. Granted, it's one hour a week, but it, it's, it's a place where you get to be real about what's going on. And you're talking to somebody who understands it, who isn't just trying to turn that frown around. This is a space I can really understand how to be vulnerable to its fullest extent in what this is. Hmm. I do want to fix this and I do want to get to the other side and I do want to get better, quote unquote. But like, I just don't have much hope left. And I think that scares the fuck out of me. When you don't feel the joy in much of anything, it's hard to look at the hope. Because the hope right. is usually where you can see some joy. It's such a ass backwards way of, of how this functions. But as soon as we can accept that this is how we are right now, that's when things can start to change. Starts to change, not instantly change. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear that. The more we reach out to moms and get disappointed, you know, the more that stuff happens, the further down we bury ourselves. The more we have... I think conversations about this and look at it, the more we can actually do something with it. Objectively, things in your life might be going great, but I don't feel great. Yeah. Look, there, there's something that you're not getting and I can feel from you. And I, I, can, I know I'm feeling it because I, I get the sensation of, yeah, I, I want to give you a hug and tell you everything's going to be okay. I want to just hang out and watch a movie with you. All that stuff. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because I know what it's like to be in that ditch. And sometimes just feeling less alone when you're there with somebody that knows, yeah, I've, I've been in a ditch before. I don't know how long it'll take, but you'll be out of it. I'm just going to chill with you. We'll get out of it. I'll do my version of that, which is this. 
lean into the things that bring you some comfort right now. Yeah. It won't make it all better. It won't get you out, but it'll feel comforting. Yeah. That might be snuggling up with dog, going for a walk with him and, and meeting another dog. It might mean getting together with friend. Even if he comes to your place, might not, might mean playing some overhand softball. <laughs> P.S. Nothing soft about a softball. It's still fucking Fuck, hard. Man, hard as shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think whatever feels like comfort, even if it's old girlfriend. Yeah, that, that, that feels nice right now. Fine. Feel nice right now. Do that for yourself. I'm not going to talk to you next week and be like, how are you feeling? Like, oh man, so much better. Thanks. Oh God, that was rough. No, you were going to be in roughly the same place you're in now. I'll take the mystery out of it. Yeah. Some days will feel worse. Some days will feel a little better. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's look for comfort. I'll practice that this week and, and try and do a couple of things. I was thinking about going to the beach. I'll, I'll report back on what that looks like though, because uh, I've been I've been thinking about it for a long time, and I think I'm I'm past the stage of thinking, and now I'm ready to go do. Wherever comfort is, it might be giving yourself permission to hit the couch. It doesn't have to stay like this, but for right yeah. now, it is like this. Yeah, yeah. Good. I'm done. Super done. Cool. Well, again, feel free to check in, man. I'm here. Thanks. I appreciate it. I know. And we're back. We are back. Wow, that was that was intense. Poor little Drew. Yeah, he's having a rough stretch. Yeah, which is good that at least he can he has you to talk to him about it and help him make sense of some of it. Yeah. It was interesting for me hearing this session back and thinking, wow, he was getting really emotional and I didn't really dive into his emotion too much. Uh -huh. I didn't stay with just the emotional content when he was getting really overwhelmed by it or taken by it. And I got mad at myself for that. Really? And then I realized yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, not mad at myself. I was critical of myself. You were judging yourself. That. Yeah. That's right. And then I realized I think why I was doing that was because he was depressed and going there and feeling the emotion, I was reluctant to put him in that state of hopelessness and feeling that and, and having that. And I, I don't know if that was a, a mistake or not in the session. I think the tact that I took was, can we just acknowledge that where you are is in a state of depression? That's what you're feeling. Can we acknowledge that that's what you're feeling and sort of scratch at it and feel it a little bit without being overwhelmed by it? Yeah, it seemed to me, I mean, honestly, I don't know how much more of, well, what are you feeling? Like what's coming up for you right now? Like that was discussed. You know what I mean? What are you feeling right now? That was discussed without having to pull it out. Like you guys talked about them. I think the idea of acknowledging the emotion and just giving him time to feel it. Yeah. Rather than me starting to explain it right away. Yeah, exactly. I think it flowed. I didn't notice what you're saying, honestly. I think it. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's I mean, good. Thank I you. wouldn't have changed it at all. I think 
him just talking about that theme of loneliness and you guys talked a lot about the movie analogy, which when he said something to the effect of, I have nobody in my movie, I don't have a supporting cast. I was just heartbroken. And I think fact versus feeling checking the facts. Is that true? Probably not. Are your parents there and supportive for you right now? Like they have been on and off. No, doesn't sound like it very much. And is that a forever thing or is it because then he would say, well, girlfriend, not girlfriend is supporting him somewhat. So I think, does it really matter whether it's a fact or feeling in this moment? Not really, because he's really sad about that and then also depressed. Yeah, totally. And and there were there were moments where I kind of went, well, let's lean into that. Well, hang on. What's going on with you right now? And just a critical part for me as the therapist was thinking, okay, he's feeling that that lost, lonely, scared little kid. If I reflect that and have him really go deep into what it's like to be a scared little kid, he would have gotten very emotional. He would have felt scared, which he did. I mean, he did in the session, but really like going into that and then trying to acknowledge that that need to be reassured comes from that, that, that feeling like a scared little kid and having that and wanting your mommy and daddy and not getting them. He did touch that and we scratched that. It's not like I didn't go there. And I honestly don't remember if in the weeks after this, if we go there again, I don't know. Well, I actually took in my notes, I wrote like, he's really emotional and tearful. And then I said, Doug really held his space for him. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I actually wrote that. I don't talk like that very often, but you did. You like really held that space. (laughs) That's good to hear. That's good to hear. And, you know, look, pretty objectively, what we were talking about at the top, like some people saw their high school experience differently than than we did. Yeah. I see my experience of this session differently than than you did. I saw it critically like, man. We're all going to be critical. Yeah. 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 A little meta for you there. I know. He did say, uh. Or you, you guys discuss something about him looking slash feeling like a little kid and not having that safety net. And I, I thought what was really poignant was saying that his helping his parents throughout his life has given him a purpose in life, the good old PIL, right. and that right now he doesn't have that. And so like, what is his purpose? You're exactly right. And that's, there's a separation there that I mentioned where he is separating from being almost one with mom and dad and that purpose of taking care of them and his role as their caretaker, he's redefining that now his role is to take care of himself. Right. So my role with them isn't defined. Their role with me isn't defined. I don't know what that is yet. And that's where I called it, I think, his his strength of self. It's sort of like the ego strength that he has his own movie now. And that's where he said, yeah, and everybody, everybody's a lead role in their own movie. Nobody's in mine. Yeah. And it's it's a function of now that I'm separating from my parents and being my own person and I'm looking around, oh yeah, mommy and daddy aren't here. Who is here? That's a scary place to be sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I think, and I think, I'm sure you've said this before, but I just always love your little things. Uh, flaw in chemistry, not character. Yeah. And there's, you know, and and I was teasing for him, like, look, 
well, I said directly, this isn't your fault because I think he takes a lot of stuff on. There's a lot of guilt, shame, or embarrassment that he's feeling this way. Yeah. So saying, look, some of it might be chemical. And I said that a few times in a few different ways. Like, yeah, we can we can talk to a psychiatrist. You know, we can look at would meds help? And and that's that's a possibility. Right. That that pressure that he was putting on himself to do, to snap out of it was was pretty intense. And I think for him, a big piece of that was, and he said this, he saw how his mom responded to it, not to him, but to her own feelings that way. And that scared him. And it didn't really give, it gave him a sense of hopelessness. Like, well, if my mom responded by avoiding taking substances, ODing, that scares me because what if I'm feeling what my mom was feeling? Right. Yeah. And I think when you were talking about depression, you described it, which I thought was, again, so I love the visual that it gave me, but depression as a ditch. Yeah. And you talked yeah. about like being stuck in the dirt and, and that you can like dig deeper in and cozy up and then like burrow in further. That whole thing I thought was, right. gave a really good visual. And that when someone says, yeah, if I could just jump out of the fucking ditch and I'd be fine, but like I'm stuck in a <laughs> right. fucking ditch. Right. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, just just get out of it, you know, and where we wound up with that was was pretty cool. But we had to go through what we went through to get there where he was talking about playing, you know, overhand softball with some with some guys and and doing that. And it's he came to that on his own. I know. I was so impressed by that. Right. It wasn't me pushing like, well, just take a shower, just do something, you know, because that's not helpful. And I would say stuff like that, like, yeah, it's not helpful when people say, well, just do this, just try this. It doesn't feel good. You know, it's that kind of implies that you're not doing enough. You are responsible for your own depressed feeling and you're not doing enough to get out of it. Well, and there's validity to that, right? Like in some ways it's that dialectic, which is you're doing the best you can and you can always do more. So both of those are true because at the end of the day, like for me with everything being so behavioral, that is what I will, would tell someone like we've taught, you know, I talked to a bunch of clients. Okay. Well, how can we create a social environment for you? Okay. Joining a softball league, something like that. And at the end of the day, just do it is not a, it's, it's true. And it's also impossible. Right. Well, and the, the fake it to make it alongside fake it to make it is the only thing more exhausting than being depressed is pretending you aren't. Right. And that's why I say to people, I hate, hate how social media will say, here's three tips for depression. Like that speaks to maybe 12% of people with depression. Right. And for another 82%, it it does nothing. And for that remaining 6%, it makes it worse and they burrow deeper. You yeah. Know, you really have to understand where somebody is with it. And it's totally, we know what depression is clinically. We understand what it is, but we need to know what it's like for a specific client to know how to best help them. Yeah. There is no just like one depression. Right. If I told Drew like, Oh, Hey Drew, well maybe you should try just playing baseball with some guys, you know, or how about uh, you take a shower or right. why don't you go jogging and work out? I mean, that's, that's not helpful. So walking through how that stuff isn't helpful and normalizing what feels like depression. Well, it to him, can be helpful. It can. Right. For him, it would not be in this session. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To just say that, no, no. 
Right, right. That's why I said it in the ways I said it yeah. and, would, and would test little things. And what I what I really recognized more than anything in this session was he needs to not, I even said it, but not making the effort to be anything other than what he is now, which is depressed. Yeah. And I thought I loved, again, the ditch analogy. You said you need someone to come into the ditch with you so you don't have to be any different than you are right now. You can stay in the ditch exactly, and be depressed exactly. and that person can come into the ditch with you and just chill and be like, all right. Yeah. When I used the line, the like, the only thing more exhausting than being depressed is pretending you're not. He said, yeah, I could laugh and cry at the same time for that. Right. Yeah. I, I feel that. And that's okay. Good. So now we're getting to it. And part of why it feels so bad. And I, I said this is that it feels so bad for him right now because what he's used to doing is shutting down. What he's used to doing is a version of what mom does. So that scares him. A version of that, not using, but shutting down. And now he's doubling down. We're moving to it. We're dealing with it. And it's really hard. I think he's going to come out of this stronger because he'll have more tools. He'll have people that really did support him. And something really cool, I don't know if you heard him say it, I think you did, was that he recognized that girlfriend, not girlfriend, is there for him where he can just show up as he is. He's like, I can just show up and be, and that feels good. And he struggles with that because he said, I struggle with it. Am I in this relationship? Am I, I'm worried that she might cheat on me again. This will happen again. Right. And I, I, I don't know, but right now it feels really good to be around her. Yeah. And again, you, the whole, maybe she's not Miss Right. She's Miss Right now. And, and again, like, right. it's nice right. to have her around. Like, it's nice to have a warm body or a caring person or whatever. And you don't have to worry about right what it means or what it's going to mean if she's okay with that, which she seems to be, but it was, I mean, he, he said he still doesn't trust her at all. I was like, God, in my mind, I was like, must be hard to have the person that you're spending time with and supporting that is supporting you and you can enjoy somewhat, but also like not trust them at all. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's, (laughs) it is tough. And, and it's that thing like, I don't want to leave the house or I'll leave the house yeah. and I'd go, Oh, I don't want to be out of the house. I'm going to be back in and I'm back in. I don't want to be back in and I'll watch TV. I don't want to watch TV. You know, I don't know. I just want to be, Oh, I can just be with her and that feels comfortable, but yet I'm scared. I'm scared. And she broke my trap. What does that mean? I don't know. It, it's, it's very confusing. And that makes sense that he's got that intense feeling of loneliness too. And he said, which I highlighted, I was like, what? He said, you know, I don't trust her at all. He said, we talk about it all the time. He's like, like all the time. He reiterated that. And I was like, what the fuck? Why are you talking to your not girlfriend about how you don't trust her all the time? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like what, what's the, why? That sounds just like, she's not your girlfriend. You don't trust her. Why are you even having that conversation unless you are moving towards, I mean, I'm very much simplifying this, but I thought that was, yeah, I was like, what, why, why are you doing that to yourself? But I get it. Yeah. And that that's, I think the feeling scared that she might do it again is more tolerable than feeling scared that I'm alone. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Right. And kind of like testing that and checking that. And when he said, oh, we talk about it all the time. I don't think he's talking about it all the time with her, but I think when that fear comes up for him, he does say something to her. Mm -hmm. And it's not like 
they're out at the supermarket and she's like, okay, great. You get that. I'm going to go into the frozen food aisle. I'll be right back. And he goes, wait, wait, hang on. Let me go with you. I don't trust you to pick out the ice cream by yourself. You never know what could happen in frozen foods. Right. I'm going to watch you. I mean, he's not like that, but he's carrying this, I would say, uh, fear of abandonment. Right. That mistrust with him in large part because of mom. And now because of this, this girl that he's holding that too. And now wasn't the session to do it, but scratch on for you, the dialectic, like holding that it feels good to be with somebody. And I'm scared that that somebody might leave me. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And you guys have talked about this a lot before. So when he said, you guys talked about how for him, love is like, when I push you away, you keep coming. But right now I do not want you to keep coming. Right. Right. It's very confusing. And I think that's part of the ditch. That's why I was saying that. And I think it's looking at who do you want in the ditch with you right now? Yeah. And in some days it's, I don't want anyone. And some days I want, I want her or I want my friend or I want somebody who can be in the ditch and not say anything. I want somebody who can be in the ditch and say, Hey, let's go play baseball. Let's right. go to the gym. It's, it's going to be different. And he said something pretty telling, like he remembers what it's like to be around people that are depressed. And he's like, yeah, that's no fun. I don't want to do that to anybody because I didn't like being there. Yeah, it is no fun. And also life isn't just about being fun. That's not why you show up for people. Right. You right. show up because you care and you love them. And I'm sure he's shown up for his mom who was depressed many, many times. And right. And that's what you do when you love somebody. And, and is it fun? No, fuck no, it's not fun. It would be weird if someone was like, yeah, it's totally fun. Well, and it, it's something that at some point, not this session, we'll be able to touch, which is allowing people to be there for you and show their love and support for you. Right. He wants them to come, but he's pushing them away and he's pushing them away, but wants them to come and doesn't. And the people that will show up for him are showing up because they really care about him. And he's seeing, oh, wait, my parents aren't showing up for me. Right. Well, they're not showing up for me the way that I want them to. That's different. Right. And that's parents. I think he's got an opportunity when he comes out of this to look at who did show up and why. Right. When I was so depressed, when I wasn't feeling great, these people showed up. Why? It's not because he has something to offer them in terms of gifts or things. It's just in terms of being himself. Yeah. I think one of the things that I stood out for me is how... For us as therapists, we know that this like up and down trajectory or up and down path happens all the time. But I think some people might say, wait, he was doing so well. What happened? God, he's grown so much, but like now he's so depressed. What the fuck? Like therapy doesn't right. work or whatever. Right. And to just be able to look at how what happens is you're peeling back the layers of the onion, which is so such a cliche thing to say, but it's so accurate. And as you continue peeling and like <laughs> right. he has, he's allowing himself to feel these emotions and that's what's coming up and you're with him for the ride. So you could see him in a year from now, not be working with him. And he could say, oh God, yeah, there was this, you know, my parents, I had a heart attack and my parents didn't show up and yes. And then how would he have handled it? We don't know, but you happen to be along for the ride with him right now. So people can see how everything is not just a straight upward line of happiness doesn't mean it's not growth. Right. And progress is a jagged line, not a straight line. And that peeling the onion idea, like, yeah, 
And when you peel the onion, I mean, what happens when you peel an onion? Sometimes you cry. It's not an easy process. Right. And it's one that looks different for everybody and looks different at different stages. And there are moments where he's like super stoked. And he's even said like, everything looks great on paper, but I'm not experiencing that way. Like, okay. It doesn't mean things aren't great, but he's not feeling great. Right. And if we stick through these periods of not feeling great, okay. And at some point it will be different. And it's quite possible that some of those friends that are there when you're in the ditch, when you're not in the ditch anymore, you're not really hanging with, with those friends. That's mm-hmm. okay too. Right. And it, it kind of works both ways, I think. We're there for people. I mean, not our jobs, but <laughs> because our job yeah. is to be there for people yes. at all times. But I, I think with friends, like they can be there for some of it and not for all of it. And they get some highs, they get some lows. And there are fair weather friends that are only there for you when you're feeling good. Totally. There are some that are only there for you when you're feeling bad because that's what they get. Okay. Yeah. It'll be interesting to me how things play out with with the girl because it's he's pretty adamant about girlfriend, not girlfriend. Don't trust her, yet she's the only one I really want to be around. Mm-hmm. I can be myself around her. I'm going to try to reflect a function of why that feels so good is you're able to be yourself. Right. So can we be, can we be ourselves in more situations with more people, right? Is this really about her or is it about you? I, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I hope he feels better soon just because I don't want anyone to feel shitty. Yeah. Same. And like I said to him, I'll take the mystery out of it next week. It's not going to be that much different. Right. If it is, I will question it because it doesn't really work that way. I mean, right. we can, I mean, he's not bipolar. He's not borderline, so he doesn't have that, like, can change on a dime. It's going to be more gradual for him. It's funny. One of my clients said to me today, if I had a Lamborghini, I would never be depressed again. I was like, "Mm, that is more likely than not not true, but okay. (laughs) I was like, okay, for five minutes maybe, but not true. Yeah. Well, Well, we will see where he is next week when we see him. Well, I will. I already did. I don't remember though. So (laughs) we will discover it all together the next time we see you, talk to you, or hear with you. Yes. 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 All right. Until then. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 